Hi, Carl Middleman, how are you today? I'm well, Lynn Benhouse. How are you? I heard you took a nasty fall. I did. So I look like a very bad boxer or a Halloween mask, whatever uh, Bob's record. But yeah, so life's been just kind of weird the past couple days. But uh, I would say don't walk in, in darkness unless you know your route. Okay. Because good, there, good are uneven, there are uneven sidewalks, you know? I, I understand. That's why they're called accidents. We will talk to Judy Cullen from the Fox about the teen talent competition. Then we'll talk to Arlene, Carl, and Mark from the Paranormal Society about the Fox Theater Ghost Tours. That's around minute nine. Around minute 29, Bond. James Bond, No Time to Die. Around minute 43, Lamb. Around minute 48, Justin Bieber, Our World. Around minute 57, the Anthony Fauci documentary. Around one hour and one minute, new DVDs. Around one hour and seven minutes. We remember those who have passed. And then at the end, our theater roundup at one hour and 10 minutes. We have a super duper show tonight. We are going to be talking with Teen Talent Showcase. A cast of thousands. Yes. And we're going to talk to Judy Cullen from the Fox Performing Arts Charitable Foundation. And then we have three people who are going to tell us about the ghost tours at the Fox, which starts Saturday. So we have got a full lineup. Hi, Judith. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. We have team talent registration going on, and we also have a Halloween contest coming up at at, at the middle of the month. So we're very excited about all the wonderful uh, October fall events happening at the foundation. So thank you for having us on. Well, thank you. I've been a big fan of the teen talent talent competition since it began, which was in, what year was that? Well, this is our 12th year. That's right. That's right. And if you want to see some talented teenagers, as the title says, you have to watch this. But the best thing is it starts with preliminaries and then it, it's whittled down to 50 semifinalists. And then that group is whittled down to 10 finalists and they uh, perform at the Fox in, and I wrote that date down. It's February the 11th. <laughs> it's Friday, February the 11th. See, Judith, uh, and, no, Judith knows what's going on because and it, it's PBS her And PBS will be there to tape it and, and PBS then rebroadcasts this, which is lovely of them. Um, we, we actually had 14 finalists last year because we just couldn't cut it down to 10. They were just too, too talented. Uh, it's oh, and it's awesome. usually... It is, and it's usually directed by Tony Parisi, who we've had on, Carl, and uh, he's he's fantastic, and these teenagers, I'm so impressed, because I usually do watch the preliminaries somewhere, I think the last time was Kirkwood High, and it's a, it's just, it just blows your mind how, how varied the talent is. They will have jugglers, and magicians, and dancers all sorts of dance troops and then all sorts of singing opera pop folk one of the people who was on the voice a couple years ago joanna Taranka. yes she won uh the finalist one year and then last year troy stanton say stanton stanton you said it right stanton 
he was one of the kids I had my eye on from McClure North's theater program. And so uh, I, I, you know, you expect great things from these kids because they're just amazing. But the whole, sh but the whole thing is great. This is what's really cool is that the registration closes November 1st and it's just not Missouri schools. It's also the Illinois schools. Correct. So it's the whole metropolitan St. Louis region. It's free to register, which is not always the case. And it's free to participate. Yes, we even give free parking passes to the Fox lot if you make the finals. It's, what? If you can put <laughs> gas in your car and show up, it, that's the only thing you have to pay for. That's we'll unheard of. Costuming and everything at the end where we are really supportive of the kids. And we have over $50,000 worth of scholarships, prizes, and tuition waivers to, to area performance schools uh, available to give away this year. We have that, so many wonderful donors that give so much. We would really like as many people as possible to get the news out because your odds this year are very good that you will win something. And, and oh. that's another thing, that's another thing because not, not only is there their scholarship, but there are opportunities because since it's going to be on television, you never know who's going to be watching it. And a lot of talent scouts now know about this because it's been around for a dozen years. So it, if, even if you you might have something to a special person that is watching it and seeing this and it could lead to bigger things. That's exactly it. And also, if you're a freshman and you're just starting out and you want feedback and, and you come and you audition and right after your preliminary audition, you meet with the panel of judges, which are professionals here in St. Louis, and they give you a little feedback on your act. Did you think about this? Did you think about that? You might want to take more lessons in this area, and then you can get better through the years. And we have people that come all four years, and, you know, they keep adding up those prizes, and when they're ready to go to college, like Troy, he, he won $2,000 uh, uh, scholarship to Webster, and he put that together with the 8000 and dollars he won from Ameren and other other awards that he's won through the years and he can go to Webster now and he's at the conservatory this year so it all works oh, out that is great and I know I know several people who have won scholarships and they didn't even make the 10 finalists so so that's what's really encouraging too is that they will get and these scholarships aren't chintzy either they're like a thousand two thousand and they're more. like 8,000, 6,000, 4,000, 1,500, several at 1,500, 1,500. So, so it's, it's a very healthy co uh, competition. And, and, you know, it's in this year of COVID when you're not sure what to do back and forth, the Fox is going full on. Very soon, they're gonna open the doors and we're gonna be live just like the Fox because that's where we end up, the beautiful, fabulous Fox. You know, the president of the foundation board is Mary Strauss is one of the owners of the Fox. So, you know, we just love everything that happens there. They're so awesome there. And so to have our kids start, we do an informational workshop on December 4th and December 5th in the Fox lobby. So everybody can have all their questions answered and then the finalists end up on the Fox stage too. So it's a wonderful circle uh, of uh, getting those performers out there. But if you want to get it in free now, you can go to the website foxpacf.org. It's free now until November 1st. It closes down on November 1st, 2021.
Thank you, Carl. And also coming up soon, if you didn't want to be a performer, you can still dress up in costume if you're ages five through 18 and win a $50 gift card to the Fox. If you'd like to uh, earn a $50 gift card to the Fox uh, by just dressing up as your favorite musical character. So we're doing that. You can check that out. That'll all be up tomorrow. You guys are the very first to know about our Halloween contest and that'll nice. be up. So if you're a performer, think teen talent. If you're not a performer and you just want to do the costume and win, and win a gift certificate, we've got something for everybody. Well, that sounds that. wonderful. Well, thanks. Thanks, Judy, for coming on. And please come back to let us know how things are going. And uh, they do a good job of updating all their lists, like who makes the semi, who's participating, who makes the semifinals, and who makes the finals. And that show, if you can't attend the Fox in person, that show on PBS is great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Well, you take care and uh, 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 go to that website and uh, support the kids. Thank you, St. Louis. Thanks. <laughs> Once again, that website is foxpacf.org. And that stands for Performing Arts Charitable Foundation. So foxpacf.org. Now let's get spooky. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Well, we have some, we have three guests that are going to, we're going now that we're transitioning to the afterlife. We have three people from the Fox ghost tours. And I was on the first or second ghost tour back in 2014. Can't remember exactly the year, but it's fabulous. And I can't wait to talk to them. We are going to talk to Arlene Serby, who is the ghost tour curator. And we have Mark Farley, who's a par from the Paranormal Research Society. And we have Carl Vogt, who is a Fox Theater tour guide with a long history at the Fox. And I've been going to the Fox since 1982. And when it reopened, and actually, I, that I was privy to uh, that summer, I was working at the St. Louis Globe Democrat and the the local newspaper guild, we got to take a tour with Mary, led by Mary Strauss to see the renovations underway. So we were in there when it was still little piles of rubble and uh, the staircase was being worked on and everything. And that was so fun. So I always treasure that I got to see it before it became the palace that it is. And every time I talk to somebody who is in the Broadway tours that come to the Fox, they always mention that the Fox is one of their the favorite theaters. And uh, one of the best things about this tour is you get to go on stage at the Fox and you get to see the backstage area where all the casts from all the shows have signed. And you so, get to see the ghost light. Yes. Yes. So tell us about the ghost light. Oh, it's me. Okay. Uh, yeah, the ghost light is a, the is a theater of tradition, actually. And how it became about was there's a, actually it's designed as a safety feature to keep you from walking off the edge of the stage. But as war goes on, it became more of a paranormal thing that's supposed to attract the past spirits that used to perform at the theater. And to keep them comforted yes. when we're gone. We never ever lock the doors here without leaving those two lights on for them. So that was Arlene and that was Mark. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And so. Carl, Carl has probably seen. Carl, have you ever gone into the Fox Theater and the ghost light was not on? No, no. Only when the house lights are fully on do they turn the ghost light off. Because if the ghost light's off, you know something's wrong. Yes. It happened. Remember, Carl, a couple years ago, uh, someone in events borrowed the ghost light to take downstairs for a bride to get her makeup put on. She needed much more lighting than we have in the basement. Oh, yeah. And the light was not returned after the wedding to its normal spot in the hallway in the back of the house. And that night, our security guard got a call from the police. There was an alarm going off on the second floor in the kitchen. And we knew it was a false alarm, but the next day that ghost light was put right back. (laughs) The ghost set off the alarm to let everybody know, hey, where's my light? We made a mistake and we won't make that again. (laughs) Well, the Fox has... Oh, I can vouch for this because I heard the original the stories back that the Fox has such great ghost stories. People are not familiar with these. So uh, tell us about those. Okay. What you can, what you can, because we don't want to give everything away because you should go on the tour, which is going to be Saturdays and Sundays in October. And we'll get to those dates and times but you do want people to go on the tour and they're limiting it because of COVID, which we'll get into later. But tell us whatever you want to share with us, tell. Well, I can tell you this all started for me back in the summer of 2007. I started in 2006 and it was a hot July morning and I was coming up the steps to my office on the second floor in the Fox Club. And I saw a woman sitting across the lobby at one of the small alcove tables, just staring out blue eyes, blue suit, red hair all up. And I thought, oh my goodness, I had an appointment and I forgot. And I, this lady's been waiting forever. You could tell she was waiting for someone. So I threw my purse on the floor, ran around the hall, got to her and well, she wasn't there. (laughs) And I looked in the restroom. I looked behind the and I looked everywhere. And then I realized that I had just, I've just seen a ghost. And first ghost. My first ghost in person, live and in person. And I immediately looked up Mrs. Fox. All I could find were black and white photos of her, but it pretty much resembled her. And that started my fascination. And then I've had two experiences where I've actually felt them uh, not so great. They can, um, when they're low on energy, they can take yours. And so you lose your breath, you kind of wonder, oh my goodness. And then you just feel their presence. So that's happened to me twice. So then I just started investigating and uh, seeing what was out there, talking to other employees. And it's funny when you ask them, they'll actually start telling you things that they they've kept to themselves. Isn't there somebody who sings? Yes. We believe it's Mrs. Fox in the screening room down in the, in the tunnels. There's a screening room. The screening room. Yes. I thought thought originally you said screaming room. No, no. (laughs) Screen the movies before agreeing to, you know, purchase them. Well, well, being in radio, I've been backstage at the Fox many, many times, and I've been on tours of the Fox. Mm -hmm. I want to know, do you take the people down the very narrow staircase that goes downstairs? Because that freaks out people when it's not on a ghost tour. That's just, that's just a weird thing about the Fox that they have in the building. And nobody knows that that staircase is there unless you're on one of these tours. Do you get to go down the narrow staircase? Uh, we can blame COVID for that. Uh, we did uh, previously. 
until last year and this year. This, that you, as you know, that staircase is extremely narrow. Yeah. So we're not doing it this year. We're hoping next year uh, to get you back into the tunnels uh, to see the screening room, the screening room. <laughs> uh, this year though, we, we have some great stops. Uh, the ghosts don't disappoint. We've been told by our mediums how lonely they are. They don't understand why it's so oh. quiet. So they're anxious to see all of you. Trust me. <laughs> so Mark, how did the Paranormal uh, Research Society get involved with the ghost tours? We were invited um, 2014, the first one. Yeah. And it sort of just became a Halloween tradition for us ever since. Uh, we did the first paranormal investigation, as far as I know, up here at the Fox Theater. Mm -hmm. And that first year, we caught that famous apparition sitting in seat H8, H17? Yeah, 15 and 17. Yeah, 15 and 17. Yeah. And we just had a camera mounted up top on the mezzanine and it looking in the orchestra pit. And we got that um, apparition just sitting there in the seat as if she was watching, waiting for a show to start. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so uh, what do you like about, uh, since you're such a, par a paranormal research, what do you like about the Fox oh, that's so special? It's just a unique venue to investigate. It's a very beautiful theater, a lot of history. And the, you know, during our ghost tours, a lot of photographs that we show have come from tour guests. We, I don't know, after, during the tour season, people constantly send me cell phone shots of stuff they captured during the fox. So a lot of the evidence that we gather have come from our actual tour guests. So. Now, Carl, you have been doing tours for 20 years, but 20 years before that, you've been, you've been with the fox since it reopened, correct? That's true. So do you have your own little ghost story to tell? Well, they don't have a whole lot to do with me. However... <laughs> We had Mannheim Steamroller there, and I was working both shows. And after intermission of the early show, I was done until we are getting ready for the second show. So I went and sat up at the upper balcony, sat quietly, and I nodded off. And the show ended, and there, about five rows in front of me, was about a 10-year-old boy looking at me. And he was just very clear, but only there for a fraction of a second, and poof, he was gone. So that's 100% a ghost story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's my only experience in all the years that I have been there at the Fox of something I didn't feel like I could explain. And so, do we know who that boy is? Because does each ghost have their own connection to the Fox? Because we know Mrs. Fox. And so the boy is probably somebody in that family or somebody that something happened to at the Fox. Or do we not know? I don't know. Uh, Mark and some of his friends uh, communicate better with these people and they have uh, found a number of young boys that seem to enjoy the place. And so they just hang out there. Enjoy the bathrooms. You need to yeah. be careful around here. <laughs> so so the Fox Theater is 90 years old. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Opened in January of 1929. Mm -hmm. So it's. No, they're making us now. do math. So 92 years old. 
Well, the first movie I ever saw was at the Fox in 1962. My grandparents took me to see Pinocchio. Ah. So I was very sad to see its demise. Uh, although that was at a time where all those great palaces like the Ambassador and the Fox, they were uh they were all closing because it just wasn't feasible to keep open. And then Leon and Mary Strauss were the saviors of, of the original building and what they've done, what they did with it was remarkable. And uh, as you know now, because after the 18 months COVID delay, we are returning to the Fox for the Broadway series in November and uh, they started uh, programming events. So I'm so excited to get back because there's really no other experience like that. Right. And they're coming back starting this Saturday, October 9th. And they're going to go the 9th, the 23rd and the 30th, those Saturdays. And then the Sundays, the 17th, 24th and actually on Halloween. And they're going to have 16 people per uh, departure as it were and then they're going from noon until 5 10 so like every 10 minutes they're going to have another group of 16 people going so you can find out more about that at fabulousfox.com right and the 40 dollars ticket includes parking in the garage which is awesome and then if you want a tarot card reading that's 25 dollars extra so that's also cool that you offer that as we said, parking at the Fox, it, it, it's trying to find a free space to park down there. That's why they had to build that garage because <laughs> parking was not, it's a lot better now. So Arlene, what surprises without giving anything away, are there surprises on the tour? Oh, we work with what I believe is the best medium in St. Louis, uh, Susan Schuster. I'm gonna give her a shout out because without her, it would be really hard for us to give true actual accounts of who's here and why. So Susan was generous enough to come and spend time with us and found a lot of new spirits for us to talk about. And she has a connection with them. And the poor girl, when she goes home, they're still talking to her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're so grateful to her because, um, you know, Mark is great at the science part of it and can get uh, video and audio and amazing shots of shadows moving. Uh, Susan can have actual conversations with our spirits and um, you're going to find that not all of them are affiliated with this theater. So that's something new. And um, yeah, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Lost Remember souls there. that have found their way to St. Louis. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Not every spirit here performed on the stage. Not every spirit here had a job in the Fox, but they all find a lovely connection here and they've all complained about the boredom lately. <laughs> because Which they are they're a part of our shows every day people don't even realize uh, that they're here but they are the last time I was at the Fox was in February of 2020, and it was for the band's visit, which was yeah. wonderful. Great And show. It, was, it was press night, and uh, they had a little cast party afterwards with uh, 
delicious food from the Fox Chef. And I want you to tell us about special events there. And we got to meet the cast who were terrific. And I have great fondness for that. And then the next show was going to be Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And it was like, will it happen? Will it won't? Well, then everything shut down in mid-March. So that's coming back. And we're going to have one of the U.S. Broadway series um heads come on early November uh, Carl and talk to us about the season but tell us Arlene because you were the manager of the Fox Club tell us about what you can uh, rent out at the Fox I'm sorry what's the question what um, tell us about the special events that you can you can schedule at the Fox we just had a beautiful wedding on Saturday on the stage it was lovely uh, another wedding is scheduled this Sunday um, whenever the dates are open, we're happy to do corporate dinners, private parties. Um, it's, you know, we have an events line and an amazing events team that will take care of private parties. And of course our chef, he's fantastic. We're lucky to have him. Very, yeah, really good. It, that was delightful. This doesn't happen every show. <laughs> so we, were, we were really happy, but that show was just, it made me cry. But they, a lot of shows. It is a great box. show. And, and last, the final season, well, not the final, the last season at the Fox was great. It had, what, what did we have? We had Come From Away and Dear Evan Hansen all in the same year. It was so good. I know. And we still talk about that. So it's everybody's eager to get back and we're going to have uh, the prom, which I loved. I saw it on Broadway and it's got all these local connections because the book writer and the lyricist Tony nominated Chad Bagelins from Centralia, Illinois. And then we had producers who were involved with stages, Jack uh, oh God, Jack Lane, Lane. Jack Lane, Jack Lane, and uh, Judy and Jerry Kent, and his whole crew. So, and and some of the Muni favorites are there, and so that's going to be so fun. And then Mean Girls, who garnered a Taylor Lauderman from Bourbon, Missouri, a Tony nomination, who's frequently at the Muni, and so it's going to be a great lineup coming up so we will talk about that later but if you really want some to learn something about things you never knew before the ghost tour i highly recommend it thank you guys for being on with us because this this is great uh, carl i wanted to ask you how many when you were an usher how many ushers do you usually work with at the fox because there's a whole lot of ushers we traditionally had about a hundred ushers per show and you know you spread them out a few of them on every aisle and upstairs downstairs in the lobby it totals up in a hurry about a hundred it does well everybody at the fox is so fantastic after the sunday matinee of billy elliott one of my friends that i was with she uh didn't couldn't find her keys we went up and down and all over every part of the Fox and everybody was helping us. And then we determined that she accidentally flushed them down the toilet. <laughs> I think you remember that part. Yeah, well, it was, it was, yeah, it was quite the ordeal, but I couldn't tell you how helpful, and I hope nobody else has this, but the people at the Fox were so incredibly helpful. 
And that, and uh, I wanted to ask Mark, if you want to learn more about the Paranormal Research Society, where do you go? Yeah, if you want to learn more about the St. Louis Paranormal Research Society, go to seaghost.com. 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 Uh-huh. Anything you guys want to add? No, it's going to be a great tournament. It's going to be a great tournament season. Yeah, we're looking forward to yeah. seeing everyone. Yeah. Yes, and they do have COVID protocols. You can go right. to the Fabulous Fox a website and see the protocols. Uh, you got to show your vaccine card or a negative test, right? Not for the ghost tours, but uh, mask up. Mask up. The mask up. Okay, that's just for the Broadway series and the concerts. Correct. Okay. But yeah, mask, you got to have the mask because I think that's a city mandate, right? You can find all of that stuff out at the protocols section at the Fabulous Fox. Uh, not the Fabulous, it's FabulousFox.com. Yeah, we wore masks last year um, and we were able to pull off the ghost tours just fine wearing the mask and everyone was safe and I think it went really well. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, listen, thanks very much. And we appreciate your time and uh, happy, happy October. Well, no, happy you. haunting. Happy haunting. Happy haunting. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much for being on with us today. Mark, yeah, thank Arlene, you, Carl. Carl. Thanks. Mark and thanks, Arlene. Thanks thank for you. having me. Absolutely. So, Lynn, did you ever see a James Bond film at the Fox? No. Bye. <laughs> we uh no, but we just saw the latest. What is it, number 25? It is okay. So Max and I had an argument about this the other day. It it is it is really James Bond it in the Eon Broccoli world, it is number 25. But if you include Never Say Never Again, which is just a remake of Thunderball, it's 26. And then do you include the spoof and parody Casino Royale? With David Niven, that would be 27. And then the original Casino Royale, which was a teleplay, that would be 28. So it depends on what you want to count and what you don't count. So in the Eon Broccoli, Albert Broccoli family world, it is number 25. They're, they called it Bond 25. But really, it's the 28th property of James Bond on film. So. Well. It's no time to die. And it is the fifth. Here's here's more confusion. It's the fifth of the James Bond, Daniel Craig era. The last of the James Bond, Daniel Craig era. Which started with Casino Royale in 2006. And these films since then are all connected. Skyfall. Well, Skyfall. Okay. Quantum of Solace is a direct sequel to Casino Royale. Skyfall is kind of like a standalone, but then Spectre makes retcons everything back in together. And this is, and No Time to Die is a direct sequel to Spectre. And of the five, you can number them whichever way you like, but most people would say that Spectre is the worst of them. And of course, having to see the worst of them, you must know several key points about Spectre to understand and enjoy No Time to Die. Right, because Blofeld, played by Christoph Waltz, is back and he's now in prison. And Madeline, who is a psychologist, psych psychiatric 
psych, uh, psychiatrist, whatever yeah. she is, Leah Sado, she is James Bond's lover. Uh, lo- when well, we start, well, yeah, because at the end of the at the end of Spectre, if if you've forgotten, <laughs> if you've forgotten, you might want to give yourself a, a quick refresher on Spectre, either via Wikipedia or watch the movie again. There, I believe they're all on Paramount Plus. Uh, you need to know that they were boyfriend, girlfriend at the end of that movie. And because they are on, they're doing it again. So you really have to know a lot about Spectre. They're in Italy. It starts in Italy. And uh, they reference his first wife, which was in Casino Royale. Right. So you have to know that because he goes to her grave. It's It's the whole Vesper Lynn story. The whole the whole James Bond, Daniel Craig world revolves around Vesper Lynn. In fact, everything about Daniel Craig's James Bond is all about Vesper Lynn. They should just call it the Vesper Lynn uh, story because everything James does is in some way related to Vesper Lynn. Yes. Well, in No Time to Die, which to me is everything you want in a Bond film, but elevated by the sharp direction of Carrie Joji Fukunaga, who did the first season of HBO's True Detective, which was fabulous. And he also did the movie Beasts of No Nation. And he has a keen eye for cinematography, for action. He is a brilliant man. And I'm so happy to see uh, that he was at the helm of this. And then it's also elevated because it's a perfect swan song for Daniel Craig to bow out. And at the end of this, in case anybody was wondering, at the end of the credits, it says James Bond will return. Which doesn't make sense. Well, they're going to have to have a new story arc because this one was uh, uh, wrapped up uh, Daniel Craig's whole arc. And so we will see if we get Idris Elba, who was... In Beasts of No Nation, or are we going to see somebody new like Reggae John Page, or like has been tossed out there? Are we going to see a female James Bond? Well, Lashana Lynch, Lashana Lynch is in, and they have had there's precedence for all this. There are other double O's, and at the end of Spectre, remember you have to remember about Spectre, James Bond retires, and so they they don't retire the number 007. There is another 007. And, and she shows up. And Lashana she's Lynch feisty. Lashana Lynch is great as the other 007. And it's, you know, she, that's why if they would have just ended the movie saying 007 will return, but they've never said that. They've always said James Bond will return because she, she doesn't, she's not going to take up the name James Bond. She will be a 007. But, but then does this, they've kept, some continuity they wink at the continuity and they wink at the old continuity too because judy dench was pierce brosnan's m and then she carried through to the daniel craig series so it's it's and you know m and q were all the same during connery and moore and lazenby so it's it's weird what they pick and choose to be continuity what is canon or not? And, and you know what? It just doesn't matter. They can do whatever they want. This movie has been sitting in the can for what? A year and a half now? 
it, probably it, two years, probably well, two years well, because it was supposed to be out because Daniel Craig was the last host of SNL in 2020 before the lockdown. And, and that's the, where the meme, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend, that is the, that's where that meme came from. It, and uh, then, and, and they were already kidding about the social distancing on sets and everything, because there was a great skit uh, uh, with that in it. And then uh, it has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Now, these are the couple of things that I liked about the movie from a female perspective. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, the creator of Fleabag, yes. multi-Emmy award winner and many awards, uh, she is credited as one of the screenwriters. So this is a little more female forward than usual because Which is weird for James Bond. Yes, because he is known to be sexist. He is, as Max said, uh, antiquated. And they play with that here. He's a they relic talk. of the Cold War era, according to Judy Dench. Right. So his habits are uh, uh, not, uh, they're not in favor anymore. So we have... Uh, Anna de Armas, who looks fabulous. Oh, she's the best. She is the best part of the movie. She is in a very brief, all too brief scene where she plays a three weeks only trained uh, person who teams up with James Bond to uh, get uh, the Spectre people. There we get another Spectre thing. And so, because it's a criminal organization. Yeah. And uh, so they are on this. This has got a, a really good cast, but the women are particularly strong. Anna de Armas, uh, Lashana Lynch, Leah Sado. Uh, some people don't, don't, don't buy know. the. Some people don't buy the love I don't buy story. The, yeah, I don't buy the love story. The it, the age difference is weird, and then there's a whole thing about the age difference with. A, a backstory of Madeline, which I don't, I don't buy the, I don't, I don't. It, that's it a little, wa- that's a, yeah, that's a little wonky. I will say that that's a little wonky. And the fact that uh, James Bond uh, doesn't uh, go straight to bed with the new 007, who he doesn't know is the 007, that's pretty good. But she does entice him because right. he's living in the Bahamas. Bermuda? What's he living in? He's some he's, island. He's living off the grid on an island. How's that? Yes. Yes. And he's got quite a nice place. He's got yeah. quite... Repi- retirement pays well for MI6, I guess. I guess so. And then Ray Fiennes is M and Ben Wishaw is Q and uh, they give us more of the home life of Q for the first yeah. time, which is interesting because there's always been this question of... Uh, of Q. of his sec of Q's sexuality, which I didn't care one way or the other, but I guess there's been questions, and so we we know that a little bit. But then there's uh, there's new people pop up, uh, and then some old people because Jeremy Wright plays an old friend of James's who's in the CIA, and Felix he- Le- Felix Leiter, who if you're a fan of Bond, you've Felix has been in ten movies played by nine different people, right. And uh, then they have uh, Billy Magnuson, who has must have a tremendous agent because he's been in a lot of the really good movies the last couple of years. He is a new CIA partner to Felix. Yeah. 
And he smiles a lot. Yes, he does. He's a pretty boy. And, and they're James, making fun of him. James doesn't like him very much. Oh, no. And, and then you also have Rory Kinnear as Tanner, who's been in a lot of these movies. He's been, I, I want to say, at least three. No, I think he was in Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, and Spectre. So I think he's been in four of them. I don't think he was in Casino Royale. So it's pretty deep. The cast is pretty deep. But I just, um, the action, it, it's two hours and 43 minutes. Yes, but most the, the, of it flies is, by. Is the cold, well, no. The cold open is 20 minutes. The opening scene of the James Bond film is 20 minutes long. This movie is too long. They could have snipped out and made it a tighter movie. I, I, I like it. I think it's, it's a good film. Um, this movie's been sitting on the shelf so long. I thought Remy Malik was inspector because I, I remember him like, Oh, well that's Remy Malik. He, mu he must've been in the last movie. No, it's just been around so long that we knew that Remy Malik was the bad guy that, and he's a creepy villain. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah. he doesn't match up with the, with the origin story. No. There, there are nitpicky things about this movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, my wife is a very, very knowledge James Bond fan, and I still have not told her a lot of things about this movie because I want her to experience it for herself because they didn't allow us to take any guests. So I and I would have brought her because she would have enjoyed it immensely, and I'm still sorry that I didn't sneak her in, but I think she is going to really enjoy this movie because it's. It's, it is a James Bond film, and James Bond films are not perfect, and neither is this movie. Well, um, I think it's the best one since Casino Royale, and I dearly love Skyfall under Sam Mendes's direction. But I will give this for how it, it's a, a fitting swan song, how it winds up. It's got some real emotional depth to it. Mm -hmm. I also like the title song by Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish, another non see and everyone's like wait do do america yes americans do sing james bond's songs not just not just brits but there have been many americans that do james bond. uh billy eilish i i like billy eilish so this song song was fine uh but it comes after 20 minutes and the credits they play thankfully billy eilish songs are really short so you have a lot of time in the credits this since it is the fifth film, there are a lot of writers and a lot of uh, story buys because they're they're building on all these things that have happened before. And it's, it's layered. This movie is very layered. You cannot go into this movie without having seen any of the other films. And I know I said Spectre, but if you don't know anything about Vesper Lynn from Casino Royale, it's not going to make sense to you. It's just going to be if you think if you're a Bond fan, you will have already seen the Daniel Craig movies, but if you're a Bond fan and you're like, ah, oh, I've, I've, you would have been sucked in on Skyfall. Yeah. So th there's, there's, there's no way that someone who's a Bond fan hasn't seen the other four, maybe most of them, and they could probably get by. But if you're a newbie, this should not be your first entry into the James Bond world. Right. So then, what, what did you think of Lamb that is opening up this week? Yes, well, this is a niche film. This is from Iceland. And I've been to Iceland. Well, I'm glad you have because it's it's one of those. Is it considered Scandinavian or not? Um, it's an island. 
uh, sure, let's say Scandinavian, Norse. Because Norse, because it is, it is uh, they use the landscape here in a fascinating way. And uh, this is a, a very strange story, but I want to say it's steadfast in its weirdness. Like it makes no apologies for being weird. And Matt Myers said this after the screening. He liked how matter of fact this bizarreness was. Okay. Numi Rapace is speaking her native Icelandia here. And uh, we are talking about sheep farmers and they have a, what looks like a giant ranch. And uh, it's very isolated as you can imagine because it's Iceland and they listen to the radio, things like that. And uh, we see these sheep in their pens having some sort of, there's a knocking at the door and they're all terrified and they're just, uh, this is like a Christmas night when it starts. So Numi Rapace and her husband, they are by themselves because they've had a tragedy. They lost a child at some point and they're grieving and you get bits and pieces. What's so good about this is they don't tell you everything. And that is frustrating that they don't tell you, they don't explain much, but it doles out little pieces of information as we're going along. Well, it's springtime and the new lambs are being born and they're helping the sheep birth the lambs and out comes a lamb that has a human hand okay okay and so we have a half human and half lamb creature and they take this as a sign as a gift that they have been given another chance for parenthood and they take the lamb into their home and put it in a crib and raise this little lamb like it's a person. And you will gradually see parts of this critter hybrid, uh, like it has human limbs. It's in jeans, it stands upright and it's in jeans and boots when they're going on little journeys around the farm. Well, the guy has a, ne'er-do-well brother who shows up of course he does and they're treating uh, uh they're acting like this lamb is a perfectly natural part of their family and they don't say anything to him and finally he takes the brother aside and basically said what the f is this what is going on because wouldn't you be surprised if your brother was raising a half lamb half human person well absolutely so that's funny because everybody burst out laughing. And so we go, we think that he doesn't like the uh, lamb, uh, but, and he, he's just fearful of what they're, how they're attending to this, per, uh, you know, critter. And so there's that, you think more things are going to happen and stuff. Well, you gradually find out what's really, how this lamb half human 
came about, but it's a real surprise. Okay. And so I can't say more because I can't tell you any, I, that's the bad thing about this is you can't really reveal much because as you're getting more information, you're starting to piece it together. And then you look back at the beginning and you gradually piece some things together. So it's very fascinating in its construction. Okay. It is a slow, as they say when they like a movie, deliberate. It's okay. a deliberate paced film. So if it's they a, don't like it, they say it's a slog. Right. And it's very interesting. And most people were very favorable to it after the uh, screening. So I think it's going to be one of those that the more you think about it, the more you like it. But but you are warned it is very weird okay it, hey it, things can be weird and still be good people right. people thought the parasite was weird right and it was and it was weird right. in a great way well yeah well this is also this is at plaza frontenac starting friday and then ronnie starting thursday night okay well, so then, you can see it what did you think of wife of a spy um, I, unfortunately, due to my injury and oh. limited vision, I haven't seen it yet, but it's on my list of things to do today. I only have, um, I have a shut eye, so I only have one blurry open eye. Okay. So which, did you see, did you didn't wind, wind up watching the Justin Bieber documentary? That I, did. I did. I did. Yes. I saw the first one. My daughter hates Justin Bieber's music. She doesn't mind him, but. Yes, but she does. So I forced her. I said, you still need to understand it and see it. So I took her and some of her friends that like Justin Bieber to the first movie. Uh, and now this is a follow up. Now he's, you know, an adult and he's married and he's matured as an artist, hopefully. And well, he has. And so what is did you see the first Justin Bieber documentary? I didn't. What was that called? I don't remember. It was that it was his first it was his first movie. So I, I will look that up while you tell us about the new one. Okay. Well, the new one is called Justin Bieber, uh, Our World, and it is going to be on Amazon starting Friday. Now, uh, he executive produced this film. Uh, I think he's matured quite a lot. Um, there are believers who've been with him for quite a while and uh when he first started out and had hordes of teenagers became a big heartthrob and then he had those years where he was a punk and very uh troubling behavior and uh then he emerged from that a better stronger person so i give him that well, the first and, one was called Never Say Never. That was in 2011. So this is 10 years later. But then they did one, you know, two years later called Believe because of all the believers. And he's his like Billie Eilish. This kid's been well documented. Yes. Well, this movie has no backstory. So if you don't know anything about him, you're going to be lost. This begins, this is the New Year's Eve concert 2020 that he did at the Beverly Hills Hilton. And it's very remarkable. So it's a concert movie, but it's like pink in terms of behind the scenes. You see all the people that he employs, the dancers, the choreographers, the band, the people, the crew, and people are very complimentary and kind about him. They say, 
Uh, they love working for him. He's very uh, nice to them all. And uh, they love working with him. And they're very protective of him. And he said he likes working with smart, kind people. And he feels very blessed. Now, so this team is a tight unit. Do they talk about Scooter Braun, the both loved and hated producer manager of Justin Bieber? Not really. Hmm. Okay. No, because, no, this you know, is he, he was a big part of the first one because he was the you know, there was a big Sven Galli. Yeah. And so ugh, it's just he, no this yeah, the, this the, one the Swifties is, don't the Swifties don't like Scooter Braun. Well, oh no, oh no, and would you? Because he really screwed Taylor Swift. I'm just saying. But but the people but, that and, and you can you can like Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift's music, but you don't necessarily need to like Scooter Braun. So uh, it's just, it's, it's, I was interested in how they treated Scooter in this. And if he's barely in it, it, that would make sense. Right. Well, this is primarily in the, in the uh, dealing with COVID, the post, the, the dealing with COVID world of concerts. And he says he, he says he feels very blessed to be working right now. What they do is show you the behind the scenes of getting this New Year's Eve concert together. He has not been on a stage in three years. Uh, he took time. He got married to Haley Baldwin, who is the daughter of one of the Baldwin brothers, Stephen. Mm -hmm. and uh, she's in it a little bit, and she appears to be really grounded, and obviously they have a good they're relation. A, they're a good couple, I think. Yes, um, they, they complement each other very well, and I think she keeps him very grounded, too. And, because, you know, uh, when he was, he was dating others, he wasn't necessarily so grounded. No, with Selena Gomez, et cetera. Right. But um, what changed my mind about Biebs as people refer to him, is he was on James Corden and did car carpool karaoke and they stopped yeah. and they got outfits. And I thought, well, he is very charming and he actually has something to say. He wasn't this dense, bubble-headed uh, boy toy that I thought he was. He's and very, He's very intelligent and he's very smart about, you know, his career. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think his songs reflect that his older songs. And when he came back on SNL, when they resumed uh, their live shows, mm -hmm. I and he was in tears singing the, the one song. You know, he's very, he's matured as a songwriter. That is for sure. So I will give him that. So I have newfound respect for him. And I think this movie reflects the new Biebs. And but it's fascinating in how they set this up. He performs on the rooftop of the Beverly Hills Hilton, which was a logistics nightmare. And they built this set. And what people did to get the concert goers were people in the hotel on the balconies. Hmm. So there's this grid of hotel rooms that are watching the concert. Because they're in their own little pods, I guess, to be to be descriptive. And then it talks about uh, to do to make this happen. They all had to be in a tight bubble, the crew. Right. Guess. right. And then uh, there's one time because I guess Haley and 
Justin go on a daily walk together. And at one point he says to her, uh, what's your plans for this week? And she says, I'm not going anywhere because of your upcoming show. I don't want to infect you because then pop the bubble. Right. It will be over. And he's like, good point. And so they keep this tight bubble. It shows people getting COVID tested and, and just how very concerned they are and how they really want this to happen. So, um, and there's footage of the concert, which is very, uh, very modern and cool. And they did this grid station. And, and so I thought it was really a marvel of technology to make this happen. And the, the fact that they came up with this in the COVID world to how, how he could get back on stage. It's really, so that's the story is adapting to these uncertain times, how he wanted to do this for his fans. It was besides, they only performed to like 245 people, but it was live streamed New Year's Eve. And then also it's part of this documentary. So, so you can that's, see that's a way for people to see it. So basically it's a concert tour doc with behind the scenes in it. Like the so pink it, one. It's like, it's like pink. It's like yeah. the pink, it's like which the I, pink really loved. I really love. I really love. Well, I did too. I did too. And the Billie I might, Eilish one. I might want that. Billie Eilish loves her. Some Jason or Justin Bieber. Oh and, my God. That scene in the Billie Eilish one where she gets to meet him. Yeah. I think oh. that's the concert. Wasn't she at that one? Possibly. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm going to have to watch this because I, I like Justin Bieber. I, I, I think he has matured as a songwriter and uh, he had an, another number one hit with stay with the kid Leroy that I'm probably yeah. going to play. He could, well, Despacito too. Yes, he did. That well, was- he could have, he could have gone a very different route and he would be one of those uh, tragic stories we hear about in Hollywood, but instead he has managed to uh, have longevity. Excellent. So Lynn, had, did you see anything else this weekend before your fall? I saw Fauci. Oh, I was at a virtual documentary. Yes, I was at a virtual screening. Thank you to National Geographic on Monday night. Uh, this is a byproduct of um, Magnolia Pictures, who I have been in contact with this week uh, talking about our year-end stuff and then also said I was going to watch this, and uh, National Geographic. It is on the Disney Plus channel, which we both have, uh, starting October 6th, so it's already on, and this is, a, a again, I'm using the word fascinating too much, but it's a very interesting documentary about Dr. Tony Fauci, who you either love him as fans or you are the haters and it gets into that uh it is very thorough and what is so remarkable about this is it is exhaustively researched it goes back to his work with the aids crisis And that is really interesting because he was vilified by the AIDS activists for not acting quicker. And uh, basically it was the Reagan administration that really dropped the ball on that one. And uh, he actually decided, you know, these people are right. I'm going to start showing up. And it was very brave of him 
to the AIDS activists, they were in a group called ACT UP. He started showing up to their meetings and being there. And he took a lot of abuse at first, but then he listened to them and he changed his mind on a few things and he is open to dialogue. So you have, a, so some of the people that were involved in that as AIDS activists taught, uh, were part of this documentary. And uh, for the, for the crisis that we have just, that's still ongoing, that we are dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Um, it does talk about his work, his work as part of the task force, his work trying to uh, get ahead of this disease. And they do mention how he changed his mind on the mask because we didn't know enough back then. Remember when the, P the uh, N95 masks were in short supply and uh -huh. they really didn't have it for general population and all that. But then the more evidence they got about this, the better it is. And they talk about his early medical career, about how nobody worked harder than he did at the National Institute of Health. And it talks about him meeting his wife, his wife. They have very powerful images of going through those uh, yards and yards of uh, the coronavirus handkerchiefs on a pole, that yeah. space where they show all, uh, they uh, have a pole with the handkerchief on it for every, and their name for every person who's died of COVID. Yeah. So they show he and his wife going through and he gets very emotional about that. And then they put it side by side to the AIDS quilts Ooh. Oh. on the floor of that. So it's, uh, it's really fascinating. And I encourage people, I don't think it's gonna change anybody's mind you're either a fan or a hater and uh, there's no middle ground, I don't think. And so it's not going to bring more people to understand, but I do think it's a fascinating look at a person who is one of the uh, most um, talked about. Yes. Yeah. Everybody, everybody knows, everybody knows Tony Fauci. Uh, I yeah. want to give a, I want to give a plug out for, Free Guy is going to be out on DVD next week. I enjoyed Free Guy. I still think it's it's one of the better movies, even though it was sitting around for a year. I'm glad I saw it in a theater. I hope you can see it at home. Yes, and another documentary that we both liked, Rita Moreno, is oh. streaming on Netflix starting well, October 12th. It was on American Masters on PBS the other night. Oh, so you could have watched it there. Okay, yeah. Well, this quick turnaround for the DVDs. What else is on? On um... Space Jam. Don't see it unless uh, uh, Space Jam. No, you don't know. So, no. But then the first one's awful too. They're both awful. So it, one's just awful newer. Uh, Roadrunner, which you saw, and Green Knight which you also saw. I didn't see any. No, of I those. didn't see Green Knight. I'm looking forward to it. Oh. That was Alex's. Alex McPherson, who writes for my website, poplifestl.com, oh, okay. he loved it. He said it was his favorite movie of the year, but then he watched Titan over the weekend. And he says they're now About both the tied. woman who likes to have sex, to have sex with cars. Yes. Um, he said his mind is blown. 
is only at Plaza Frontenac and they did not show it to us. No, I hear, um, I hear if I hear it's as weird as lamb. But very uh, pretty, but very pretty. It's a woman who has sex with cars. Oh, well, it won. It won a uh, con. OK, well, well, that's that usually does. Um, they do pick weird ones, I think, yes. at con because the guy who directed Annette got the best director. And uh, we know what that is. Have you seen Squid Game on Netflix? I've, I have not. I, I my daughter is a big fan of Southeast Asia and she wants to see it, but she wants to wait till they fix their translation. I understand it's not the best Korean to English translation. First of all, you should watch it in dub. And second of all, you should watch it in English, but not closed caption English. There's like, it's, it says English twice. Use the one without closed caption because it says English bracket CC bracket. Use the other English one. That one supposedly has a better translation. And it's up for international and national American Emmys since it Netflix produced it to air it over here. But since it's in Korean, they they are it's up for both. So Netflix has to pick whether they want to get American Emmys or international Emmys. And that that's that's on them. I do want to see it, but I it's it's a morbid curiosity of mine. Well, they um Netflix has called an end for an end to the phone pranks. And I don't know what that means because I haven't watched well, they, they they play they play children's games for money, but like the losers die. So it's like Hunger Games? Uh yeah, yes, but with like uh uh like Duck Duck Goose is a game. And I hmm. haven't seen it, so I'm I'm just going from what I've heard. Yes, because uh, we have too much time to uh, spend on movies. However, I did take time for the new season of SNL starting the 47th. I have seen it. I have seen it from day one when George Carlin hosted my senior year in college, 1975. And I have never missed one, even though I don't. Are you going to miss next week's with Kim Kardashian? Are you going to watch? No, I'm watching it, even though I'm not happy about it. But there's been hosts that I wasn't happy to to see either. But we'll see. Sometimes they surprise me. Sometimes you know what? The hosts I, I, I liked Kim Kardashian's uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman. I liked her episode of that when she was trying to become a lawyer. And uh, she she did not pass the bar. It was I, I didn't know she was wanted to be. She wanted to be a lawyer like her dad. And yeah, that she didn't pass the bar on the first time. And I, and I, cause we guarantee if we hear it, that she, when she did, when she does eventually pass, we will hear about it. Yeah. Well, um, uh, sometimes the hosts that you think are going to be great aren't. And then sometimes the ones that you don't have much confidence in actually turn out wonderful. She's so you a never hard know. Worker. I, I guarantee all week she has been preparing for this and she has been so manufactured all of her life. I think she is going to surprise a lot of people yeah well she has been discounted her whole entire life so she's got something to prove i thought owen wilson was fantastic he was good but he, he didn't take it i thought i would like to have had him take a little more chances well he was in practically every sketch yeah, but and i love the one on fox news sports 
about this Fox Sports commentary, um, and they were hawking a uh, sitcom or a reality show on Fox called Crazy House. Yes. And then DaBaby shows up as a guest, and it's about influencers living right. together. And it was just hilarious how they were promoting this series while they're trying to um, do commentary about the football game. And then there was a couple other ones that were very good. They did a Cars 4. Yeah, that was. they, they need fewer cast members because it's, it's just too much. And Kate McKinnon wasn't even there this week. And Chris Red had one line as the male man at the very at the ten to one sketch. I, more Chris Red. Well, I am so happy to see Bowen Yang and Chloe Feynman make the prime time cut. Well, that's what uh, happens after you're there for three years. It's got that they they would have either well, become a full time cast member or they would have been out been dropped and right. uh so yeah i thought i thought it was i i was it has potential but you're right there's a ton of cast members it had a very bad rating so i don't know what's going on there but well, we, uh we, we need to wrap this up but before we do we want to mention uh, a previous guest on our show pete maniscalco who uh runs allied entertainment here in st louis he's the one that helps us see all these movies before uh you guys do see them so we can review them to let people know our opinions about it uh we want to send our condolences to his father big pete who passed away last week and big pete was a mailman and for he, over 30 years in in afton yeah uh, on the in the gravoy and he grew up in crest well well he they lived in crestwood and do you remember the mcdonald's monopoly game yes he and his wife doyle won a house well I, I think they won money and then they bought a house in in crestwood because they were one of the first winners of the monopoly game back in the early 80s oh wow yes how fun is I that i don't know if pete wants that story out there but you know you're related it was, so it was 40 years ago so well uh by all accounts he was a great guy piano I player life of pete. the party life big of the pete party yep so um, um, I give my condolences to Pete and uh, Alan Coulter, the longtime announcer for David Letterman, passed Big away Red. at age 78. And I had the great fortune of meeting meet him. him on the streets of New York back in 2014. And I told him I was in the audience when he was still rocking that Elvis impersonator costume. Uh -huh. And he said, oh, that was a good one. But he was so nice and genuine and funny. He was well, funny. He and, never said no to any idea they gave him. So and oh, all the writers just went on and on about what a great thing is. So, Carl, are you going to the preview of Train or Treat? Uh, no, I'm not. Treats? I, I'm not going to be there tonight. I have uh, college stuff to do. Not for me, uh -oh. but for my daughter. So oh. we're going to be doing, I'm going to be learning about uh, Sally Mae and Freddie Mac. And tonight. FAFSA, FAFSA. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's what, I, that's the thing I'm learning tonight. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. I remember those. We had to go through those with Tim and Charlie. Um, I just want to mention quick, um, it's October. So we have all the actor activities going on. We have trains and treats at Union Station. We have the Grants Farm drive through and and their Fall Fest on weekends. 
and other things. And then we have some theater openings. I want to mention our friends at Stray Dog Theater are opening with blue slash orange, and it's a St. Louis premiere. We have The Gradient that's going to be at the Rep, and we have breadcrumbs which is going to be at the rs theatrics and that is a st louis premiere so we have some st louis premieres coming up this weekend and continuing is jersey boys at stage of st louis which i highly recommend and i also recommend this marvelous little two-person musical called the story of my life at new line theater so that's my theater roundup and uh, next week carl we are going to have the people that are running the St. Louis Public Library movie matinees at Booter, and they have a whole month of scary movies and well, not so scary movies planned That's for their true. series, but their series goes on through the spring. So we're going to talk to Nicole Bach and your friend, Sean Parada. My best friend from grade school, Sean Parada. Love it. So tune in, people, and thanks again to the Fox. Everybody connected to the Fox Theater that was on today for the Ghost Tours and the Performing Arts Charitable Foundation. Excellent. So go see that. Also remember Beyond Van Gogh at the St. Louis Galleria. It's, it is fantastic. See all that stuff. Sign up for the Ghost Tours. And also the Disney Galactic Cruiser opens up for DVC members today and to the general public soon they are they're gonna the disney hotel the disney star wars hotel is open for reservations down there in florida i might be doing that later today no I'm oh not wow because, no because it's five thousand dollars for two days for three people it's very oh expensive God. yeah well I, uh get outside while we have wonderful weather and it's the month of october because we don't have to worry about the uh, major league playoffs anymore no. now that the cardinals suffered a heartbreaking loss well, hockey starts up in a couple weeks. So actually it start it opening day is on my birthday. So uh, well, home openers on my birthday. They actually open on the road, but their final home preseason game is Friday today. So I will see you there. Everyone be safe. Be good. Be safe. Get vaccinated. Take care. So long. <laughs>